Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kid Kong at the Movies. And I am once again your host, the one and only Kid Kong. So, last week, I announced plans to do Life of Pi this week. And that was the plan all the way up until Friday morning. Life can sometimes throw you a curveball. And it's funny how, even when it's not hardly remotely even at all connected to you, the events that can happen can make you completely change a plan. And that's exactly what happened this time around. Um, Friday morning, the family of the great Fred Ward announced that he had passed on the 8th. Fred Ward, of course, is a well-known character actor who's appeared in a lot of different films. He's also at times been a very looked at as a rugged leading man in Hollywood. And he's in two of my favorite films of all time. Uh, Tremors and Tremors 2 Aftershocks. So I have decided to go ahead and I now I said way back when I did the first Tremors episode about the first movie, which is in my archives. You can go all the way back. It's like episode four. Or three, even something like that, that I would one day probably talk about Tremors 2. Well, that day is today. Tremors 2 Aftershocks was made in. Tremors 2 Aftershocks came out in 1996. It was directed by S.S. Wilson, who, while he only directed Tremors 4, he and other writer Brent Maddock worked together on Wild Wild West, Ghost Dad, Short Circuit 1 and 2, Batteries Not Included, the Tremors TV series, and they were both story consultants for The Land Before Time. It was made on a budget of $4 million and was released straight to video while also having a simultaneous, very limited release in theaters for about a week. Uh, basically, the idea of the film is that Earl has spent most of the money that he made off of the events of the first film. He has... He lives in a small trailer where you see all the different things inside of his trailer, like covers of People magazine, all that. But he seems to have spent his money on a failed ostrich farm, while his partner, Val, whether it's... It's kind of implied that Earl got screwed in the movie, because when uh, you see like the big... The arcade game... Grady tells him, you know, you must have made a fortune off of this. And he's like, you'd think, I should have got a lawyer. Which, I guess that, I don't know if that implies that Val screwed him or that the companies that made the things screwed him. I think the idea is to imply that, you know, Val took deals that Earl would not want to take. And as such, Earl's finances suffer from that. Val also off-screen marries Rhonda LeBeck and has children. Their child actually appears in a later Tremors sequel. Um, but he's now at a, a, what is considered a failing ostrich farm. He's trying to get them to breed and you know, he's got two male ostriches. So it's, I don't know what they were thinking there, but Graboids have attacked an oil refinery down in Mexico and the owner of the refinery comes all the way out there to pay him to hunt them. $50,000 they can cat for every single one that they kill. He eventually decides to go ahead and do it because... Grady, the, the cab driver that is a massive, massive fan 
uh, went all that way and convinced him. The two of them head down to Mexico, and over the course of a few days of hunting the Graboids, realized that there are way more than they expected to. Uh, so Earl, after discussing things with Grady and apparently discussing things with Kate, who is the lead scientist, doctor at the oil refinery, decided to go ahead and contact Bert, crazy old Bert Gummer, to come and help them. Bert agrees to come uh, alone because at this point in his life, Heather has apparently left him, and they begin to continue hunting down the Graboids. Unfortunately, as the uh, tagline of the movie says, the worms have turned. They discovered that once they eat enough food, they go into like a, a metamorphosis stage where they beach themselves. They come across one that has beached itself upon the ground and decide, okay, well, we caught a live one. That's $100,000. Well, not exactly. Uh, the Graboid dies screaming. And when they go up to check and see why it has stopped making noise and discover it dead, they discover it hollowed out with big empty sacks in its body. And these sacks have, sorry for the stretching, these sacks have spawned Shriekers, which are the next stage in the life stage of the Graboids. Of course, they don't call them Shriekers. That name is given to them off screen in between the second and third film. Um, they have to try and make it back to the refinery where they discover one of these things when they're getting a car and discover that it has no eyes. It's like the big one, although it's small, bipedal, very fast, loud. Bert gets ambushed <laughs> in, a, in a kind of a funny scene. Um, they get back to the refinery. Bert shows up with one still alive after killing almost all of them. And unfortunately, because Bert is a crazy survivalist who has hundreds of pounds of MREs, a couple of surviving uh, shriekers eat, multiply, and essentially take over the refinery where the, the cast is forced to hide out on roofs for a little while before eventually finding a way to get rid of them by blowing up the entire refinery in a, another hilariously done scene. I know I don't normally go into plots like this with the film, but I kind of decided to go ahead and combine this with a retro review that I do because there's just not a whole lot of information available about the production of the movie, and I really wanted to talk about them again because with... With Fred Ward's passing, it feels like a, a section of my life has closed because I was such a tremendous fan of these films. So I'm, I'm dedicating this episode to the memory of Fred Ward. This movie was, like I said, direct-to-video, and it's... Really, it's considered the jump-off point for the franchise because while it is the second movie, it was because of the second movie being direct-to-video and finding a tremendous market therein, they realized they could continue doing this. Uh, it is also widely considered the best out of the sequels and one of the greatest made-for, direct-for-video sequels of all time as far as, like, cult casts are with it. Earl Bassett again returned, played by Fred Ward. Uh, Fred Ward appeared in Escape from Alcatraz, Southern Comfort, The Right Stuff. He was in Remo Williams, Henry and June, Thunderheart, Road Trip, Corky Romano, Joe Dirt, and he also... Most prominently, other than the Tremors series, appeared in Sweet Home Alabama, where he played Reese Witherspoon's character's father. The character of Grady Hoover was played by Christopher Garton. You know, Christopher Garton has a very limited filmography. His only real movies of note he's been in are Flight Plan and Black Swan. However, 
television-wise, he was a mainstay of Aaron's Way and Mantis. Now, that's stylized M.A.N. You get the picture. As well as buddies and appearing in three episodes of True Blood. The character of Dr. Kate Riley, who in the film is credited as Kate White, is played by Helen Shaver. Helen Shaver has had a long Hollywood career, having appeared in the Amityville Horror from 1979, uh, Best Defense, The Color of Money. She voiced Littlefoot's mother in Land Before Time. She was in Born to be Wild, The Keeper, and many, many, many made-for-TV films. In addition to that, however, she did direct 11 episodes of Judging Amy. The incomparable Burt Gummer was once again played by Michael Gross. Michael Gross, in addition to the Tremor series, has been in Cool as Ice, True Heart, Stay Cool, and Atlas Shrugged Part 2. However, he's it's debatable at this stage of his career what he is more known for. Uh, the Tremors TV series, or I mean the Tremors movie and TV series rather, or his role as Alex Keaton's father, Stephen Keaton, in Family Ties, which he did for 171 episodes. While he's also appeared in Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, and Law and Order Criminal Intent. A funny little side note about Michael Gross. Um, if you watch the uh, DVD extras on Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, uh, he said that after he got done with Family Ties, he never intended on doing another series again. He's like, it was a, a long-form thing. I did it for years and years and years playing the same character, and I felt like I, having done that, there was no reason for me to do it again. And now he has played Burt Gummer in seven movies, 13 episodes of a TV series, and he is open to doing one more Tremors movie. However, he's he said on several occasions that he feels like his limit at his age of doing that would be 75, and given the fact that he is now 74 years old, I don't believe they're going to end up making another one. If they do, Burt will probably not be a main character, but he will probably still be in the movie. Uh, in the most recent film, I don't want to spoil that because it only came out a couple years ago, even though it was made for uh, DVD and it was released on Netflix. Uh, the end of the film suggests that Bert will not return in another movie. However, Bert is the ultimate survivalist, so to think that he would not return is kind of insulting. <laughs> Finally, uh, Senor Carlos Ortega, who is the owner of the refinery in question, was played by Marcelo Tubert. Now, Marcelo Tubert has appeared in a lot of different things. That he's one of those like character background actors you see a lot of. He was in Leprechaun 3. Uh, Television-wise, he was in Corey in the House. He was also in Golden Girls. And he was in The West Wing, where he played a Palestinian prime minister. I believe he's also been in the MCU as one of the heads of S.H.I.E.L.D., HYDRA, little board of directors that answers Alexander Pierce. I could be wrong about that. It was a very small cast. I mean, there are only three other credited actors in this film, none of which have really had extensive careers, with the exception of Thomas Rosales, who played Carter in Jurassic Park, The Lost World. So, yeah. Uh, it began production all the way back in 1993 with MCA Universal's film division liking the initial script. And the idea, the reason they liked the initial script is that it was pitched into both Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre would return to the film. Filming would have taken place in Australia with an estimated budget of about $17 million. However, Reba McIntyre declined to, re to reprise her role due to the fact that she was currently undergoing a major tour a lot of people forget Reba was a country music artist, and I don't understand that. They, they think of her mainly now as just from TV's Reba, or honestly, from Tremors. No, no, she had a long career in music as well. Kevin Bacon was intrigued, but ultimately turned it down to do Apollo 13. Due to the lack of star power and the rather underwhelming box office that the first film had, which I've, again, 
not to beat this horse into the ground, but I covered this extensively in an early episode on Tremors. It's, again, it's in my archives, and I'll probably link that one when I link this one as well. Uh, costs were considered to be too high as far as promotion and a theatrical release, so MCA began to lose interest. It was actually on the verge of being canceled entirely until several actors, while this has never been confirmed, it is heavily believed to have been both Fred Ward and Michael Gross, offered to substantially lower their rates, while several effects guys, as well as S.S. Wilson, offered to do the film and direct, respectively, for free to save money to make them get them the film made. As the first film was a tremendous home video hit, like I said, it had a kind of an underwhelming box office, but as far as home video, one of the bigger rental successes that places like Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and whatnot had, bar none. Uh, the second film was moved to the home video division of MCA, and it was greenlit on a budget of $4 million. The original script largely remained unchanged with what we saw in the final product. That being said, in the original script, of course, there was no Grady. Instead, it was Val. And Heather had to be written out as having left Bert in between the events of 1 and 2, with him implying that the collapse of the Soviet Union kind of had something to do with that, that uh, I believe his exact words were, she said it was too hard to live with, said I couldn't handle the fact of life without the threat of global war. What kind of person says that to a man, you know? <laughs> so they obviously had to change a few things around for the script. Um, they removed a couple of earlier... Scenes that would have established the Graboids, including Val and Earl saving a family from Graboids. Mostly, it still would have taken place with the refinery aspect, but because it would have been filmed in Australia, it would have had a much more desolate feel to it. Which, a lot of people, when they think of Mexico, for some reason, I I can I gotta assume Looney Tunes with Speedy Gonzalez think of it as just a desert. It's not. It's a tr it's a gigantic country with a tremendous climate. So the fact that Tremors 2 takes place in an oil refinery where there's a lot of grassy hills and things like that, Me Mexico looks like that. Like, there's absolutely parts of that. That also being said, due to the lower budget, in addition to the actors not returning, there were a couple of other changes that had to be made. Uh, Bert, at one point, was going to commandeer a tank to attempt to take out a bunch of Shriekers and a Graboid that had to be cut because they could not afford that. And also, the group at one point was going to use Civil War era muskets in their defense against the Shriekers. I'm sure the idea there being that Bert, in addition to the gigantic truck that he had loaded with explosives and weapons, uh, probably ran out of all ammo except for those. And the reason why he couldn't use those was because of the reload time. So that's what they were going to have. Instead... They had them use just standard elephant shotguns. In addition to that, because of the lower budget, they had to move the filming from Australia to Mexico, which I covered a moment ago. Uh, it, it was it was largely done to save costs. I mean, Stampede Entertainment, which is the company that S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock founded, which is the company that has made the first four Tremors films before Universal got a hold of the, pro uh, the product. But I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> Um, they once again used Amalgamated Dynamics for the returns and since the Graboids spend most of their time underground, most of the effects for them remained the same. However, the Shriekers 
were different. Not only were the Shriekers above ground and very, very mobile above ground, there also needed to be, by design, more of them than Graboids. To wit, Amalgamated Dynamics developed two full-scale articulated puppets of them that required up to 16 puppeteers to operate at a time. They had three hand puppet versions for close-up shots, whether of their head, their tongue, whatever the case may be, and three rubber dummies that were completely inarticulate and just stood there. Those were used for shots where they had to either just drop, exploded, or were simply shot. They based the design of the Shriekers off the front-end aspects of the Graboid with the way its mouth opens up, although they only gave it one tongue and large flightless birds. I always felt that the ostriches at the beginning of the film was a little bit of a foreshadowing for how Bert was going to have to deal with him because he seemed to be very, very certain that what he was going to do was going to work and how he was going to corral them only for them to surprise him like that. I thought that was, to me, that's, that's a bit of foreshadowing there. They also decided to give them the ability to see heat vision because of several re uh, reptiles that are in desert areas striking at body heat. Again, the idea being here that Graboids are predominantly found in warmer climates. Uh, cold Day in Hell kind of bucks that trend, but I generally don't care for most of the Tremors movies after four. Um, they have aspects that I like. I do not like Jamie Kennedy, so I have a very difficult time enjoying five and six. And while he's not there in seven, and I'm able to enjoy seven just fine, I'm also not a big fan of John Heater because I cannot stand Napoleon Dynamite. And every time I see him, that's exactly what I think of. So it, the, the, if it weren't if it weren't for Benchwarmers and Blades of Glory, I don't think I could sit through Shrieker Island. I really, really don't. Anyway, to get back to it, one full-scale Graboid was refurbished and reused for this film. It has been enough time since watching two and three, which I normally don't go longer than a year without watching the first three films, but it, it's been enough time since watching those three that I do not remember exactly which one it is in. It is either in Tremors 2 Aftershocks or Tremors Back to Perfection. There's a scene where the Graboid bursts out of the ground, and they reuse that for the this movie. Don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. I'm probably going to watch them again over the week, and I'll be able to tell you from there. Now, the Shriekers' infrared vision, as far as the effects go, the actors had to wear red suits with yellow stockings, and they were filmed on high 8 film, which is for, you know, smaller close-up kind of things, and then blown up on the 35 millimeter, which would add a very grainy kind of textured... To make it look like it's it's... An alien, it's like it's very alien. It's seen it in a very different manner. They didn't want to go the same route that Predator had gone because they didn't want it to look like cleanly done with the with the CGI, and they didn't want that same kind of electric humming sound you see with it. Although you do hear a little bit of it at times. They then digitally added and altered colors of the people, whether it's their skin, faces, whatever the case may be, as well as the background in post-production to imply that they are only seeing them and not seeing the, the background. The quote-unquote baby shrieker that the adult shrieker vomited up after eating too much, they didn't have the ability nor the time to make a small-scale version of this to be operated by less puppets, so what they did was they used a full-size one and just put it in a very, very large cage in order to make it look small, small rather, as well as using one of the props of the 
shrieker head to like nudge it to make it look like oh it's it's trying to get it away. Um, because of that, I don't know if you've ever noticed or not, but if you go back and watch that scene when the baby shrieker is in the cage, you don't see any of the people in the scene with the baby shrieker. Like it'll flash back over to them, and then it'll flash back over to the shriekers, and you don't see that. Uh, Tippett Studio handled the CGI for this film. Now Tippett Studio has been nominated for multiple awards and has worked on over 150 films, including Jurassic Park, Willow, and Starship Troopers. The reason they did the CGI was for any of the time where the Shriekers needed to walk, run, or potentially climb. Filming took place near Valencia, California, right across the border to Mexico, over a mere 27 days in 1994, between March and April. Very few difficulties in filming. It, is, it, it wasn't that hard at all. After it was finished, however... Test audiences and review audiences were so highly positive of it, enjoying it so much, that they kept delaying the release while the studio and the creators considered a theatrical release of it. It was initially supposed to come out in November of 1994. However, it was just going to be released straight to DVD. The success of it, they kept trying to find places on schedules in order to release it where it either would not have the same kind of competition that the initial Tremors had or where it could possibly be a bit of a sleeper hit. Unfortunately, 1995 was a pretty he pretty heavy year in Hollywood, as was 1996, honestly. And as such, on April 9th of 1996, it got a simultaneous release on VHS and a theatrical release for about a week in California. Again, it was met with tremendous praise as, as opposed to what it compared to what it should have been uh, i'm not going to blow smoke up anyone's rear end and tell them that this is the greatest film ever made because it's not it naturally has a couple of flaws here and there but you know what it's one of those things that as a, having seen it as a child i'm able to very easily overlook and enjoy what i'm watching and most of the reviewers felt the exact same way they felt that while kevin bacon was missed at times the chemistry displayed between Earl and Grady, as played by Fred Ward and Christopher Garton, respectively, was very genuine. Like it, it seemed like a the situation where sometimes you get stuck on a working shift with someone you've never met before, and in short order you find out that not only do you have quite a bit in common with this person, but you can actually get along with this person pretty well. Um, they do get a little critical of the second half of the film that they call a bald-faced Jurassic Park imitation. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. The idea behind Jurassic Park is that the animals in the zoo escape and they're trying to get away from a couple of the carnivorous species of them. If this was like Jurassic Park, then near the very end, before the, the place blew up, a shrieker would be about to get one of them and it would have been got by a graboid and then multiple shriekers would have attacked said graboid. Uh, to that end, I feel like that's a little closer to being done in Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, with the extremely unfortunately named Ass Blasters. I still do not care for that. Uh, it's considered one of the greatest direct-to-video sequels of all time. And, like I said, it was really the launching point for the franchise that was Tremors. I mean, there are many, many movies that had a single first movie that was very enjoyable. Whether it be, you know, the basketball or 
what should have been a single movie in The Condemned, things like that, like that were done very, very well that you really did not need necessarily a sequel to, but that if you came out with a sequel for it and it was done well, people would have enjoyed it. And that's exactly what happened here. Tremors 2 Aftershocks was, as far as home video goes, just as big of a success as the first Tremors movie. I can remember multiple times my brother and I going to Blockbuster when we were kids to rent movies, and we would look at the newer movies that had been released, and then turn right around, go to the sci-fi horror section, and grab Tremors 1 and 2. We rented them so often from one Blockbusters uh, in Bellingham, Washington, that eventually they said, look, you guys have rented these movies like 20 some odd times this year. You've rented them so much. Why don't you just pay for them and buy them? And that's ultimately what we did. And I had the VHSs of Tremors 1, 2, and 3 for a very, very long time. Unfortunately, when I moved, I lost them. I do have the Tremors Attack Pack on DVD, which has 1, 2, 3, and 4. And I have seen 5, 6, and 7 when they were on Netflix. I don't necessarily desire to own 5, 6, and 7 because, again, I enjoyed them less and less as it was going, although there are aspects of them that I did genuinely like. Um, I do own the TV series. I remember watching the TV series when it came out on the Sci-Fi Channel, and I enjoyed it tremendously, even though it apparently aired completely out of order when it came out. But this is just, it's one of those movies that it's always been like, it's always been there to watch for me. Like if I was bored or what you could you could even call it a comfort movie in a lot of ways because in a lot of ways I actually prefer Tremors Aftershocks to the original Tremors movie. Um, Aftershocks went a little harder in the comedy aspect of it as compared to the first one, which I'm a big comedy fan. Uh, there are multiple points in the first Tremors movie that I laugh at unintentional comedic moments, like Kevin Bacon's character of Val absolutely slapping the hell out of a tentacle when it's coming up on them when they're in the truck. Or um, when they need a distraction and they offer Melvin money to go and run. And he flips them off laughing about it. Like, there's funny aspects of that first movie, but they're not necessarily intended on being the funny aspects. Meanwhile, Tremors 2, you, you have... Whether it's Earl or Bert screaming, I didn't know, how could I have known... Uh, Bert rolling up with an absolutely decimated looking truck covered in creature's blood with his his sunglasses broken saying not only I feel I was denied critical need to know information but that he is completely out of ammo and that has never happened to him before which is a great moment or when you have Grady and Earl on a rock at night just kind of relaxing while still out there not not heading back in or anything and you hear a coyote howling in the background and Grady goes, is that a coyote? Yep. Man, he better keep quiet. And then you hear a graboid shriek and the coyote yelp and then nothing. And it's just like, yeah. Or leaving the radio on the ground. The graboid eats the radio. And then dragging them all over by the chain attached to the Jeep while you hear mariachi music playing. To Grady wanting to start a amusement park. And apparently, according to the third movie, that's exactly what he and Earl did. They started up a theme park that was a pretty successful thing. Um, I could wax enjoyably about these films 
at length for hours on end. I, I have seen them enough that I probably know the movies by heart. They're, they're, they're genuinely, like I said, they're comfort movies. You know, at any given time, my I don't have necessarily a top five favorite films. I have a top four, and that fifth spot tends to rotate every now and then. Um, Blues Brothers has been nigh unassailably my favorite film of all time for the majority of my life. Tremors, Tremors 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have at times come close to usurping that with turtles probably doing it the most often because i am a gigantic ninja turtles fan um tremors has always been up there for it as well i've always loved the franchise i've always loved the films uh if you have not listened to my episode on the first tremors movie please by all means go back give it a listen i cover a lot more detail on the creation of the series as well as the creatures in general um, yeah, again, I, I know this is not life of pie and that's what I had promised or rather stated that I was going to do this week. But as I said, sometimes things just kind of change a little bit and we lost Fred Ward back on uh, May 8th. His family waited until the uh, 13th to reveal that. And some people have been kind of, kind of unfairly irritated by that. Like, well, what he died all the way back on the 8th and you didn't tell us. And it's like, well, you know, some people prefer to grieve before they announce something like that. <clears throat> so I have no real negatives to say about really the first three Trevor's movies, although I don't care for Jack as much as I'd have other sequels that he, or sidekicks that he's had rather. And the ass blasters again, I, I hate the name for those things. I don't even mind the creatures themselves, but the name is just awful. The way I see it, enough people, whether they are... There's a spider in this room. That's, we'll have to take care of that in a minute. Sorry, y'all. I uh, I have issues with spiders, so I happen to look up in the corner of the house and I see one. So I'm going to have to try and take care of that somehow because uh, I don't play that game. And now it knows I see it. Anyway... There have been attempts to get a new Tremors series off the ground over the years. Uh, Kevin Bacon has actually filmed a pilot, and I honestly don't know if the pilot is available on YouTube or not. I know people have seen it. So if you can find it and watch it, by all means, do so. Um, if you're a big Tremors fan like I am, you'll probably want to re-watch one or both of the Tremors movies this weekend out of you know respect for Fred Ward's passing. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, if you want more information about the franchise and about the creatures, whatever the case may be, uh, my I have another episode in the archives about it where I discuss them at length. Please give it a listen. I always enjoy you guys listening to my show. Thank you so much for always tuning in to me. Uh, next week, I am kind of trying to plan on doing the 1989 Batman film with Cal and Ian joining me. However, we will see if that can be done or not. I also am in the midst of preparing for a vacation where I am going home for the first time in over 10 years. So there is a possibility there will be no episode over the next two weeks. If there is not, when I come back, we will get right back into it, and I'll pick right back up where I left off going for Life of Pi. Until then, I am Kid Kong, and I will see you at the movies.